Beyond Finance, the LIBF MENA podcast channel produced by the London Institute of Banking and Finance in MENA. Beyond Finance is a platform for current news and trends in the world of banking and finance in the Middle East and North Africa region. In this series, we interview industry and business leaders for the latest insight on all facets of banking and finance. I'm Vera Spender-Kobeck. I'm a visiting faculty at the London Institute of Banking and Finance in MENA, and I'm your host today of Beyond Finance. And in this episode, we will discuss banking on sustainability, the road to net zero in MENA. And I am joined by an esteemed guest, Elena Primikiri, a sustainability CSR and overall ESG strategist. Welcome, Elena. Thank you uh, for inviting me and uh, really lovely to be here today and uh, share my inputs on this subject matter. So lovely to be here today. Thank you. Thank you for joining. Can you perhaps tell us a bit more about your background? I know that you are an associate partner at uh, Unicus Consultech, which is the leading ESG practice in the Middle East. That's right. Uh, that's right, uh, Vera. So um, my background has been a little bit diverse. Um, so I have uh, started uh, working as uh, uh, actually in academia a long, long time ago. Um, so uh, that's how my journey st- journey started, always on, on sustainability. So more than 20 years of experience in that subject matter. Then uh, very quickly, I joined a financial institution, and that's where uh, my the majority of my career is stemming out uh, with more than 15 years, leading at the time a large uh, a bank um, in Europe um, on uh, sustainable finance. And that, uh, Vera, was back in 2006, that nothing of all these things that we're discussing today uh, were even trendy for that yeah. matter. Yeah. So... Um, uh, since then, a lot has has been done. So through my role there, I had to, you know, prepare product services uh, for the for the sustainable banking. Um, I had to create uh, our own uh, EU taxonomy, but internally for the bank because at the time was nothing there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to. Uh, I was leading a team of eighteen people, and mainly we were doing a lot uh, in implementing um, the green finance uh, perspective, but also the 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 incorporating uh, these kind of of uh, thoughts into the credit uh, processes as well. So we had uh, also managed to uh, create uh, a good um, uh, a good pipeline, um, mainly 1.6 billion at the time on on green finance, which was quite a significant portfolio. Uh, which was a very healthy portfolio. So this was the first thing and my first experience there. Then um, joined the consultancy where again I was uh, I was consulting financial institutions. Uh, moved into the Middle East region, uh, and again um, uh, through the consultancy, working with with the financial institutions, and uh, worked with uh, with a large organization as well, uh, implementing ESG strategies, policies, processes, etc. Now my role uh, in in the new um, consulting uh, firm Unicus is an associate partner, as you rightly said, where I'm leading all the ESG practices in the Middle East region. And there is a strong focus, uh, at least from my end, because of my experience on the banking industry, where I think it's it's one of the most important sectors 
who actually can help significantly in the transition that we, you know, in low economies as, as everybody's talking about today. Excellent. Very, very interesting journey. Very interesting journey. So um, I hope uh, you don't mind. I'm now going to go kind of back to basics. What is sustainability? Can you tell us what is sustainability and why is it important to the banking industry? Banks do not have a very high carbon footprint, do they? And yet you say they are important actors. Yes, actually, that's a very good uh, question. So the concept of sustainability is an approach that aims to create long you know, long-term stakeholder value through the implementation of a business strategy that focuses on more ethical, social, environmental, cultural, and economic dimensions of doing business. So the ever-present risks from climate change make sustainability more important for the banking sector uh, because uh, banks are seen as change agents with primary responsibility in fighting climate change through climate finance and sustainable banking products and services. So target setting in the banks can drive a broad potential impact and growth opportunities. So having said that, the banking industry really benefits from a huge, uh, from the huge business opportunities that stem from this climate transformation and uh, requires efforts to prepare for future challenges. So products are there, commitments are there, but yet there's still more that needs to be done if we want to succeed in the low carbon global economy. That is really interesting. Thank you for sharing this. Uh, can you maybe, I I know that you have a new role at the uh, Unicus Consultech. Uh, how, how do you, how do you contribute? How do you contribute? What do you, what, what does your company do? So um, thank you, uh, Vera. So Unicus Consultech uh, is uh, is actually a startup company and um, was uh, formulated almost a year ago um, and uh, basically provides two line of services, Vera. So it provides um, uh, services on accounting as well as on ESG. So in that framework, uh, the banking sector is one of the most significant sectors that we are serving, and we are already um, uh, participating in a lot of uh, um, projects uh, with really large banks across the markets that we have presence. Uh, that is in India, in the US, and of course, in the Middle East. Uh, so, um, yes, so through that, uh, through our, uh, our company, uh, we help uh, uh, financial institutions in a lot of uh, uh, their processes, whether it is for uh, developing, uh, you know, sustainable finance frameworks or uh, helping them uh, calculate their finance emissions uh, or even uh, incorporating uh, the, the, the risks, the climate risks within their uh, credit processes with, uh, you know, with all this uh, um, stress uh, testing and everything. So pretty much in all the areas that uh, the banking sector could, uh, you know, incorporate ESG within their, uh, their way of, of uh, functioning. So, um, yeah, pretty much we try to help them out throughout the processes. Fantastic, exciting times, eh? <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. Now, the second part of the topic that we're discussing today is net zero. And uh, UAE has announced net zero ambition quite some time ago. If I recall it correctly, it was uh, the first country in the region to do so. Could you perhaps summarize what uh, strategy UAE has to achieve net zero and uh, and how can banks help? 
thank you for the question. And I want to take a step back and say, yes, the region has presents multiple opportunities to take sustainability action. And actually, UAE is hosting COP28. So I want to stress a little bit on that, uh, if I may. So this COP is not like the previous ones. Uh, the Kyoto Protocol and its climate agenda is not progressing. And in Paris Agreement in 2015, the aim was to on stressing collective action. So the truth is we are far behind. And what we said we will do, uh, it, it's it's far away from what we had, uh, we, we were hopeful. And we are behind as humanity, as a planet, and collectively behind on basically all targets. So there is a sense of urgency and also a sense of need to change the narrative, right? So clearly the system and the business as usual isn't working uh, as it should be. So COP28 will be more to take stock and sometimes at the same time to unite the forces to be more inclusive in an effort to start disrupting the current system on the whole spectrum of climate action. So there is not, it's not that there is lack of ideas or of innovative products or technology or even standards. In fact, there may be even too many of those. Mm -hmm. But as, you know, but we as humanity, professionals, community members, we need to unite to act and deliver. So in that sense, the UAE and the GCC countries have taken normal stance to show commitment to achieving net zero emissions by 2050 and by 2060 with policies uh, and, and underlying the commitments to net zero uh, with the national innovation strategy they have promised, the energy strategy that they have promised, as well as the sustainable finance framework. So um, stock exchanges are there asking listed companies to, to enhance their sustainability journeys, to provide reporting. So the financial sector is going to play a very significant role in this. So some banks in the regions are already in the forefront of fighting climate-related risks. However, most of these banks need to act fast in aligning themselves to these national targets and in compliance with regulatory requirements, increasing stakeholder value while combating climate change. And really banks can contribute to, to fight climate change through three main ways, if I may. One is by reducing their operational and financed emissions, uh, sourcing renewable energy for buildings, reducing paper use, outsourcing energy intensive technology infrastructure, but also addressing their financed emissions. And that's where the responsibility, Vera, is what I was talking about uh, on, the, uh, on the banking sector, right? They are the ones who are actually have influence on these large corporations and can help them in their transition into more clean energy uh, agendas. And uh, through these finance emissions calculations, I think this, this journey is, is actually helping out. The second bit is the funding the energy transition, as I said. So decarbonizing loan portfolios by investing in ventures such as reforestation, renewables, um is 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 another way of of moving on but there is again a big but that uh, there's a challenge especially on the models of financing and the uh, focusing more on climate adaptation projects which uh, seem to have more uh, risk 
associated with them uh, rather than the regular um, uh, financing uh, opportunities. And then uh, offering sustainable products and services. So offering lower points or incentivizing low carbon lifestyle or uh, tailoring loans for sustainable products. Uh, and all of these like green bonds, green loans, sustainability linked loans, ESG linked loans, and all these new terminology that has uh, come up is basically a way forward. Okay, yeah, that's very comprehensive. Thank you. Now, um, surely banks will now be asking, how how do we do this? <laughs> how do we do this? I mean, fantastic ideas. You know, we have to act fast. We have the sense of urgency. So where do we start? Could you maybe share some best examples or best practices in sustainability and climate finance? Of course, of course, Vera. And I mean, examples are all over the world. A lot of the banks have done tremendous efforts and tremendous steps in this in this framework. So according to the World Bank, uh, the GCC countries have made significant progress in developing sustainable finance frameworks. This is basically what we're talking about with a focus on promoting sustainable investment, supporting green products, encouraging sustainable financial institutions, et cetera. So green finance is ex experiencing really high uh, potential. And according to the UAE, UAE Banks Federation, six major banks, so FAB, ADCB, uh, ENBD, DIB, MASHREG, ADIB, have collecti collectively dedicated over 190 million AD, so approximately 50 billion USD in green financing for various projects in renewable energy, waste to energy, green technology by the end of 2022. So taking it a little bit further, FAB is a strategic partner for COP28 conference and it's aligned with the country's vision to actively shape a sustainable future. Um, the bank has committed in providing 75 billion in green energy from 2022 to 2030, um, with with over 20 billion already funded as mid of uh, uh, mid of 2023 already. Maastricht is supporting is a supporting partner for COP28 as well, committed to support sustainable financing and climate action. And the bank has again already provided 20 billion. Uh, in sustainable financing in the first half of 2023 and is on track to achieve its overall goal of providing 30 billion by 2030. Um, and I can go on and, and on, you know, in, in what is happening with Dubai Islamic Bank, with Riyadh Bank, with Qatar, um, you know, large organizations uh, are also providing, you know, like, sustainable finance opportunities uh, so mubadala um, and and uh, really really the the whole region is actually moving on to sustainable finance practices um to kind of help in this in this uh, shift so examples are multiple the question is how do you mobilize that uh, those uh, those uh, amounts that have been committed to and how many are the benefited uh, how many companies actually can benefit through these channels. Um, and I think that would be the challenge moving forward. That's fantastic. I mean, I'm just overwhelmed. So, so many, so many examples. And you know what? I thought uh, promoting sustainability will be difficult in the Middle East because it's a region where the main export commodity is oil. And we've got so many, so many examples. 
I mean, are, are there any challenges uh, that you can probably pin down and, and slightly inform us about? Uh, yes, uh, yes, Vera. Thank you so much for the question. Yes, uh, during, I mean, during the ongoing, uh, as you know, right now, we have the World uh, Investment Forum in Abu Dhabi, which is happening as we speak this week. And it was mentioned there that uh, it will be required six trillion uh, for transforming to low carbon economy, out of which one fourth has already failed to succeed in fulfilling uh, what they were supposed to support. And with greenwashing being one of the major challenges of our times, as you know, right? So I think one, one of the greatest challenge is how you actually channel these amounts, as I, as I mentioned, and how rigorous we are in the way that we vet these kind of investments through the lens of how actually they help out in the climate transition. That's number one. But there are some other uh, other other um, challenges as well. So how do you incorporate physical and transitional risk uh, through your credit risk processes, through your stress testing? This would be a, a huge challenge, challenge moving on. Um, the lack of industry standards. We have all these many reporting frameworks, standards, guidelines. Uh, you know, a lot of organizations get confused. So what is it that they're supposed to do? How, you know, which standards should they follow? Uh, TCFD, uh, ISSB launched this S1 and S2 uh, new regulation, new, new reporting frameworks. Um, how these are incorporated into the organizations and into the, the, the banking sector. Uh, there's also skill shortage. Um, there's, there's executive employees, they, they lack these skills internally. So that would be a huge opportunity for people. And if you've seen in the market, it's actually really, really looking actively on, on, uh, on hiring people with, with such skills. Um, and of course, the lack of awareness, the lack of understanding of what the sustainable banking, that can, can pose a huge risk, especially within a financial institution. So um, to overcome that, that those challenges, I think uh, the banks uh, should follow, you know, the, should develop a robust, uh, all-inclusive risk management model, perhaps uh, develop a sustainability strategy, a sustainable, you know, finance framework according to principles, be a little bit more uh, focused on where they want to uh, channel the money um, and, and the, the amounts that they want to commit. Um, do aggressive training development for all their uh, stakeholders. Uh, comply with all international, local, and you know policies, regulation, um, and uh, as I want to mention, just make sure they avoid greenwashing. Yeah, that was a very good point actually on the greenwash. I I must say I I do fully agree with you. In uh, you know what I see, kind of in my line of business, uh, many organizations they see other organizations in the industry being engaged, and they just say, "Oh, we have to do something. We have to do something." But if you if you greenwash, it can backfire massively, massively. So absolutely agree, absolutely agree. What would you recommend to someone who would like to start a career in sustainability or sustainable finance in the MENA region? Um, there's actually, there's a lot of interest and I've seen a lot of, uh, of, um, uh, the kids of my, you know, friends and family who are asking me and I have been, uh, helping a lot of people in terms of what they need to do. So, um, 
be committed to it, I would say. So number one is that if you're really interested, uh, just uh, deep dive into the subject matter. It's endless. Uh, it has a lot of potential. And um, I don't think anyone can can say that they know everything about this, this subject matter. Whoever says so, I, I think they're not really true to themselves. So um one would be de define what is it that you're interested in and really, really deep dive into it and learn it, uh, you know, to, you know, to the full. Um, get the required sustainability training from accredited sources and bodies. So ensure that you get good training and get good uh, certificates at the end of this. Uh, keep up to date uh, with the emerging practices, sustainability trends, uh, following the news taking online courses, related sustainable, sustainable finance courses, and, and uh, keep yourself up to speed of what is happening in the market. Um, seek mentorship, uh, seek coaching uh, from experienced mentors in sustainability, inside your companies, inside your sector, uh, you know, within your family and friends uh, circles. Uh, make sure that you you stay on top of what is happening in the region, I would say, because the market is evolving so rapidly. So uh, I think one of the major challenges for newcomers in this subject matter is that, you know, it's evolving all the time, day by day. So people who, who want to get into that subject matter, they really need to be able to keep up to date of what is happening. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. I do agree. And this is a new skill set. It's not something you can learn on the job, so to speak, because your colleagues, your, you know, more senior colleagues, they they don't have the skills just like you don't have the skills. And I would probably say in here, I'm I'm actually going to Abu Dhabi in a couple of weeks time to train on uh, sustainable finance, sustainability. There's lots of training courses that uh, LIBF is providing. And uh, there is a demand and uh, it's, uh, I mean, we are constantly evolving the courses as well. Sure. Now, is there an opportunity for older people as well? So for people who maybe had a career for, say, 10, 15 years, and then they want to change, they want to get involved in sustainable finance, they would like to contribute to sustainability efforts. Can they develop the skills somehow? Or is it really a young people's game? Oh, absolutely, Vera. Of course they can. And actually in Unicus, we do have a lot of, uh, a lot of colleagues who shifted uh, from one career to the other. I mean, Vera, look at myself. I started as a professor, right? And then I shifted, went into the banking sector. Then I went into consultancy. Then I went into, so, you know, like, um, people, uh, who are eager to learn, who are eager to develop themselves. Uh, it's never too late to do whatever you want and you are uh, uh, really interested in doing. So a lot of examples of a lot of my friends, colleagues who started their career one way and they are finishing in a completely different way. And uh, so, yes, there is a huge opportunity there as well. Um, I think sustainable finance overall is, is, a, is a very niche area. Um, however, as I said, it's a very difficult area because of the involvement and because of the development of this area, um, especially while uh, the whole world is, is shifting towards low carbon economies, etc. So my, my take on this is that uh, we would need to uh, be able to be completely up to speed of what is happening 
and that uh, that for me is the most important thing so through seminars like what LIBF is doing and and courses provided i think uh, it's it's on the right track fascinating fascinating thank you very much so this has been another enlightening episode of beyond finance podcast of the london institute of banking and finance in mina thank you elena it was an honor to have you here uh, are there perhaps any final thoughts that you may want to share? No, thank you so much, Vida. I really enjoyed it, and I hope uh, I hope that uh, this podcast will inspire more uh, young people to join the profession of sustainable finance. We need all the all the strength we can get there. So, thank you so much for uh, for inviting me. It was an honor being here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Elena, again, and thank you. To all our listeners worldwide, especially in the MENA region, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And to learn more about us or contact us, visit our website at www.mena.libf.ac.uk or follow us on social media at LIBFMENA on Twitter or X and Instagram or look us up, uh, look us up on LinkedIn. We are there as the London Institute of Banking and Finance, MENA. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.